I invite you to look up Isaiah 55. Maybe it's on page 849 of the Pew Bible. Isaiah 55, the word of the Lord we're looking at this afternoon. Hear the word of God, Isaiah 55. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear to me. Come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to, to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Let's reread these verses from 10 to 13, because that's our focus this afternoon. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace, the mountains and the hills shall, bring, shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. May the Lord add his blessing to the word that we've just heard. Congregation loved by Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm not sure this is going to work.
When was the last time you said that? Maybe you're in the kitchen, you're baking or cooking, and you don't have the right ingredient. You're starting to make some substitutions there. I'm not sure this is going to work. Or you're in the shop and you don't have the right tool, you don't have the right part. You find something close and you're patching it together. I hope this works. Let's give it a try. So many band-aids in life have been called MacGyver before. Jerry-rigging things together. And unless you're one of those rare people who do things, everything perfectly the first time, well, that's not me. I'm sure you've said, I don't know. I hope this works. And don't you love it when it does work out perfectly? Don't you like it when you have everything that you need and you, you, you have total success? This will work. This is going to be amazing and it gets you excited. Well, we're turning to Isaiah 55 and we come across excitement and passion and conviction. And you know who's excited? God is. And what's God excited about? What's he delighted with? What is he convinced that will work? You know, it's his word, right? The point is we should be way more confident with the word of God. We should be way, far more confident with the word of God that when you're grieving and you need comfort, when you know somebody's grieving and they need comfort, you, you know you're in sin and you need rescue and relief, deliverance. You, you know others are in that situation. And you know, and you're tired out and you need encouragement to do the right thing. Are you convinced the word of God will do it? Or is it, I hope it works. It's better than nothing. This afternoon, as I approach this text, I'm uh, quite intimidated because this is not an easy passage. I'm going to walk you through Isaiah 55, these verses 10 to 13, and I have a challenge before me because we have to undo what you might think this text will be saying. How many times haven't you heard these words? God's word will not return to him empty. Or God's word will not return to him void. Because they're familiar, it's not going to be easy. But I need you to hear it again for the first time. What is the Lord actually saying? I printed it for you on the bulletin. The word of the Lord is going to work. And I want you to hear it like this. It's definitely going to work. Be way more convinced that God's word has that power to bring life. Let me begin by breaking down how you might naturally hear these words. Verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. And you might, just like I have first approached it, you might think that God's word, it's the truth that goes to every single person in the world, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. And if it comes to a believer, it's great. God's word will do something in their life. 
bring about blessing and transformation and hope and joy. And, and when it comes to others, like those who don't believe, it, when it meets with unbelief, you're convinced, okay, it will do something anyway and it will bring judgment and curse. And I want you to take that message that you know already. That no matter what, God's word will do something and say, that's not Isaiah 55. It's elsewhere in the Bible. It, that truth is elsewhere in the Bible. God's word is never a waste. That's true. I mean, you could just think of 2 Corinthians 2. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And the Apostle Paul has on other occasions given you the sense that it's never a waste to bring the word of God to anyone. You have other scriptures that teach that, but God's word here is saying, my word is going to work this time. And it hasn't always worked. It hasn't always gotten the response that I'm after. This time, it will. So you hear God say, my word is coming with awesome power. And to make it clear, we need a picture. And it's awesome that we get this picture about water and thirst. But I think it might be lost on us. Uh, several of you, I don't know how many, tell me later if you've ever been to a state like Arizona, um, New Mexico, Colorado, some of these, maybe you've been to some desert country where there's cactus growing and rattlesnakes and scorpions because then you realize water is not very common and you need water to grow verse 10 for as the rain so you have a, an analogy here about rain but I've only been here for a short time and I noticed that things can grow even without rain you get mist you get dew. You get high humidity levels. That's cheating. <laughs> if you lived in the land of Israel, unless you saw a rain cloud and had rain, you're like, there is no life. And so as we approach our passage, try to imagine what rain is to the land of Israel and to God's people that heard it back then in the days of Isaiah. Rain is like a messenger. But let me just explain a little bit about messengers because you know in the Bible you have angels. They are messengers. And God in His throne room in heavenly glory, He has all these volunteers. And these angels, they're like, can I go? Send me. These messengers. All God has to do is say, do this, and they go. And... Uh, when they've gone on their little mission trip, they come back and they report to God and this is them returning. You notice the language in Isaiah 55 that the Word of God returns. Okay? So you have to think of it as a messenger who's gone about like an angel on his trip. He comes back and he says, I got the job done. You sent me to do this? I got it done. I managed to do it. It worked. And God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Excellent. So picture this. Rain 
or snow. They are messengers of God. They're servants of God. They're willing volunteers. And God sends them by cloud, and He drops them over your land. And the rain, says in verse 10, they don't return to God empty, void, and useless. The rain never shows up before God saying, oh, sorry, I'm late. I had a bad day. It was so hot. It was way too windy. I got thrown off course. I, I, I'm too tired. I just couldn't do it. Rain never does that. And I hope you understand that from the perspective of those who first re- read this message and heard it, it sounds kind of funny. There's no way in the land of Israel would you ever have the w- rain come back empty, void, useless. Rain and snow, they come from heaven and they return to God. Sorry, I couldn't do it. No, you live in that country, you would know they absolutely always do their job. And what is their job? You hear it in verse 10. They make things grow. They bring forth bud. That means makes plants grow. And, and think of seed. At the end of the whole season, plants have fully matured, and now there is seed Or if you didn't use it for seed, there's flour for bread. That's why bread is mentioned. Because rain is this awesome messenger of God that always gets the job done. What job? I brought life. I brought blessing. Successfully. So you have this picture. Rain is like God's Word. Only for good. This is the part you really have to understand the picture. Rain only comes for good if you, if you understand where that place, that country is and what the rain is like. Only comes for life. These are great messengers and you have to sense God's excitement by, by showing you this picture. You sense God's pleasure. He's smiling. He's saying, my Word is going to do this. My word is going to bring, and you'll find this as you unpack the next couple of verses, all these good things, hope, joy, life. My word's never going to come back to me. Well, I tried, but it was a bad day. It was a hot afternoon. Everyone is too tired. They ate too much for lunch. Probably fell asleep. Maybe we'll try again next week. This is how we're approaching our text. You might have thought that the passage teaches that God's Word is a messenger that always gets the job done. You you might have thought that whether it's an unpleasant job, you know, bringing about curse, bad news, judgment, or other times a joyful job like blessing and life, he'll get it done. That teaching, that it always does something, I want you to park that. You'll find that elsewhere in the Bible. But this one's about rain, and there is no such thing as bad rain. Except that one time there was a global flood. But otherwise, there's no such thing as bad rain in the Bible. It's for blessing and for life. 
first time I flew into Denver International Airport for a pulpit exchange. I was preaching in Denver while living in Carmen. I saw Denver from the air, and there were these green patchwork quilt, green circles on the ground. And I was quite high up still, probably a mile uh, in, the, in the sky above the ground, and these green round circles. Well, if you know something about irrigation and pivot sprinklers that farmers use, they spray the water in a circle. And unlike here, and unlike many places in the world, the outer edges will have some sort of greenery anyway. There'll be weeds growing in those corners, not in Denver. If that pivot sprinkler didn't spray, there is no growth. Where there is water, there is life. I have the advantage. And if you see trees, and you see green grass, your first question is, where did it get the water from? So this is the point. God's Word is just like that water. It's just like rain. There's this pleasure of God. Call it the excitement of God. God's absolute confidence. I wonder if I have that kind of confidence. I wonder if you do. God's saying, I'm sending my Word, and I know it's going to work. It's going to, I guarantee it. It's going to do what I really want. Life. New life. Faith. Joy. Oh, you think of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. You know, you know them. But let's go to our second point. You have the picture of rain. Now, I want you to understand, this is kind of going to be slower because it's a bit of the background work here. This time it's going to work. This time. Because God has sent His Word out before. If you read the first chapters of Isaiah, and there's quite a few first chapters there, like 54 of them, He has sent out His Word before, and there were times when His Word actually did come back empty, void, useless. There were times God's Word would stand before God, reporting after it had gone out, and the Word of God would say, I tried. I couldn't get through. I couldn't get the job done. No one was listening. And it's kind of scary. You're reading uh, the first chapters of Isaiah. There's so much in that prophet about judgment that God's Word has not been working. And it's startling what you read. For example, I'll just choose Isaiah 6 verse 9. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. And God says to the prophet, Make the heart of this people dull, and make their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. And there's the prophet. He had to make sure that God's word did not work. Maybe another way of saying this is think of Noah. Uh, no, no. Think of Jonah. Jonah going to Nineveh. He was worried that God's word would work. Remember how he's like, no, I want to go the other way. I don't want to go to Nineveh because if I preach to them, they will repent. And Isaiah is told, don't bring 
the word in such a way that they would repent, harden their hearts. That, that has been in the earlier part of Isaiah. Since you're not listening to what God has to say, since you're not turning your ear to Him, you've got all these idols in your life. I've been talking to a wall. My word has been coming back to me empty. And that has been hopeless. That has been depressing. God's word has not always worked. And by that I mean God wants His people to repent. He loves His people. He wants them to turn and trust in Him. But they refuse to do that. It has not always worked. And this Isaiah 55 has been about water. It's been about thirst. And people are thirsty. You live in a broken world. I live in a broken world. Just be sober about this and realize you're dealing with grief. You're dealing with frustration. Why can't I fight sin and, and eliminate it from my life? Why can't I just do what's right all the time? How come I don't always glorify God in everything I do and think and say and text? You know what thirst is because this is a broken world. Jeremiah 2 verse 11. My people have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You live in a thirsty world. God says, come to me. And there are people like, no, I'd rather go find my own source of water. Stinky water. Water, more like salt water. It's never going to cure your thirst. And so this is the background God has been saying, come to me, all you who are thirsty, but these people would rather be drinking the world's Kool-Aid. And they're suffering. And there's all this curse. But instead of coming to God, instead of coming to soak in His Word and looking for hope and comfort in Jesus Christ, Maybe you do this too. You self-medicate with all kinds of nasty drink. Trying to find your life in, I don't know, work. Maybe it's in food. In shopping. I don't know. I don't want to make a list here. Alcohol. Relationships. You're, you're looking for some fulfillment. You're, you're trying to get rid of your thirst. Find your joy. And God has been sending His Word to you. Right? And He's had a message. Does that Word, has that Word been returning to God void? Saying to God, Lord, he or she is just not listening. All I can get is one-liner here and there. All they want is a little pep talk once in a while. But I just can't get my word through to them. That's been the background, the first half of Isaiah. But, remember this, this time it's going to work. And I want to point this out, that since Isaiah 40, there has been a lot prepared for you. You know about this coming Savior the child who would be born. You, you, by Isaiah 40, you have comfort, comfort my people. 
And there's a change now. Isaiah 53, you hear about the suffering servant. You know Jesus Christ shone for you. He has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. And things are building up to this to this message this afternoon because we've got hope and confidence that we are a new people. This time, it's going to work. And so Isaiah 54, just the chapter earlier, it's been about making room. I hope you got a few extra pews. There's kingdom growth coming this way. And you hear in Isaiah... Many references to the Holy Spirit. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So now you get to this Isaiah 55. You have a new people in Christ who follow God's servant Jesus Christ. That's this New Testament age we're in. That's you. The word of God is not going to return empty in your life. Come to me, all you who thirst. And you're like, yeah, I've got idols in my life. I've been trying to satisfy my thirst. I've been trying to quench a thirst that could never be fulfilled by the things I've been chasing. Come to me, all you who thirst. That's John 7. The Lord Jesus proclaiming from the heights in the temple. Come to me. And you know, he means come to him in faith with your ear turned toward him. Listen carefully to me, Isaiah 55 says. Incline your ear, like bend your ear, twist your head so you hear him. Come to me and hear that your soul may live. This time, the word of the Lord will work. And you catch the pleasure. I hope you, you, you sense the delight of God in this. That if you love the Lord if you love the Lord Jesus and everything that He speaks and, and all His messengers that they bring, then you're tilting your ear toward Him. Are you listening to His Word? Or does it always have to land perfectly in front of you in an easy way that you don't actually have to look it up? Are you leaning toward His Word, looking for it, listening, reading the Scriptures? Because we live in an amazing time in the work of God in the church, the time of the Holy Spirit, He will teach you all things that I have commanded. That's the message God says. For as the rain comes down and does not return to the earth, but water the earth with all kinds of these awesome results of life and growth, so shall be my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It's going to accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And that's perfection. I don't mean you're going to be perfect here and now. But it's going for perfection. Glory and heaven. This is good stuff. If you've looked at this passage, you see I'm at the third point, right? If you've always thought this is the generic, God's word will always do something no matter what. It doesn't hurt, you know, just to say the truth anyway, because it'll work for 
the believer or for the unbeliever alike, for blessing or for curse, then verses 12 to 13 should convince you it's talking one side. And this is amazing confidence of God, His glory really. It's about blessing and only blessing and perfect blessing. This is the guarantee. If you come to Him with your thirst, then listen. You shall go out with joy. That's what my word's going to do. You're going to be led out in peace. I want you to think that the imagery there has something to do with prisoners. Maybe it sounds like prisoners who are drinking salt water, like galley slaves. That's what comes to my mind. And now you're freed and you're, you're drinking in God's word. You're being led out of a dungeon and slavery and now you're going in peace. But it's more than that. It's not just freedom. You're a new people. You are part of a new creation. What if, as the children of God, what if we are the ones who come to the Lord for, with our every thirst, you know, looking for our comfort, for correction from the Word of God, for encouragement? Don't we get a picture of heaven here? I want you to see it's the opposite of Romans 8. Creation no longer groaning. No longer curse. See, this is the blessing spreading upon you and on creation. Verse 12, God's word is, The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. That's not just people anymore. And you remember the broken world? The curse that came, thorns and thistles, that reference. Adam and Eve after they fell into sin. Think of all those thorns and thistles. But also, think of thorns and thistles when Israel gets kicked out of the promised land. That's called exile. And they leave the promised land and it becomes a desolate place. Thorns and thistles. Flip that around. You take in God's Word. You soak in God's Word. This is what quenches your thirst. And you're going to see the land come alive. Instead of the thorn. This is going to be like paradise again. You're going to have trees. You're going to have the cypress tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. This shall be to the Lord for a name. An everlasting sign that will not be cut off. In other words, everyone will see and know that the Lord's word has been successful. It has come back full. Absolute success. Mission accomplished. This is God's joy. And as a pastor, I share in this delight. God's delight. Elders, deacons, moms, dads, teachers, everyone has somebody around you and you can bring the word and you could do it like this. Doesn't hurt. Maybe it'll do something. Or you bring the word as God does. This tone, I want this tone to carry me as your, as your pastor. Not just admitting that he, this might get things done. But this, this will bring joy. That you would rejoice that this brings life. It's like the rain, it can't help but bring life. 
And if you have a chance, one time ask me why I wanted to become a pastor many years ago, and even today, to be a minister. So I have a short answer. It saves a lot of time. It's because God's word came to me. And it was so powerful, it made a dead person alive. And God's word comes to me again. And it's so powerful, it keeps me alive. And it comes to people I know and love. And it gives them life too. I wish we would all share in this joy in God's word. That it does bring life. Let me finish with this. God is not sending out his word like something he's cobbled together. He never says, I hope this works. He says, this will work. Come to me, all you who thirst. Come. Because this will work. You know, so many people, whether it's not yourself, maybe it's others too, people groaning, worn out, dried out. What we need is to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, come to me, all you who thirst. I give life. Amen.